0: Uh, I think it's already been said, but happy Thanksgiving uh, to you and to yours. Um, it, it's nice to take a break from some of the intensity of the work, right? It's been a busy fall for many of us uh, here at a church family. And I say take a break, and, and my daughter was up till the wee hours getting meal prepared and, and I, maybe you've been in the kitchen and you say take a break nothing <laughs> uh, this has been a season of uh, of significant meal preparation and I, and and then I hope that Monday is a break for you that you get a chance to kind of you know set down so 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 guys if you're not the cook and I realize I'm not trying to be too gender specific here but if you're not the cook uh, um, why don't you do the, the dishes okay like that would be a Turn it, that'd be that'd be fair, fair trade. I, I didn't hear a lot of amens except from the, from female voices. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. And I realize, guys, some of you are the chefs, and that's fantastic. And and I'm sorry to say, cutting the bird it does not make you the chef. Like that's I, we get the glory, right? Yeah, oh boy, that's a, such a great tur- turkey, Terry. Thank you. Yeah, I cut it myself. It was uh <laughs> Uh, so we'll, we'll chip in, we'll help out. Um, I, I, um, I, it's been a busy season of work through this fall, and many of you are here for service Saturdays, helping us get the space ready and and, and what and I thought um, even in the, I didn't know Dave was going to put your, put a picture up there, but that's fantastic. But here are a couple of images of some of the guys, some of the people that have been working on this project. Just give me, I'll give them one at a time, if you will. Um, so I could have put like dozens of images up here, from the, the ground excavation to the pouring of the foundation to here are the the steel girders that are. Part of the superstructure of this are going up. Um, you know, we could have kept going for, for months of people that were involved in, in working. And Dave showed you the shot of him working on excavation. It was super cool to have one of our elders, you know, actually involved in the constructing of the space. If you go to the next image, um, uh, here are some of the guys that were involved. Uh, Scott's in the middle. He was in site um, superintendent. He kind of managed everything going on. He was with us uh, a couple of Sundays ago, as was Tim on the left, uh, who's the architect, and Brian on the right, uh, who is the uh, project manager, manages multiple sites and what. So uh, there they are uh, out in the parking lot. We'll go to the next shot. Um, and, and there's Scott on the left with Mike uh, Kaiser from our church family, who is uh, has been our building um, chairman a building committee chairman, and, uh, and they're awesome. Um, uh, Scott's a bit of a, a bird whisperer, it would seem. You'll see this next image. Um, that's Scott's hand. Um, I don't know how he did that. And, and then also take a picture. Uh, but we had... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, wow, that's impressive. And we had a, a lots of extra help on the project. You'll, you'll see this next one here. Um, oh... <laughs> So, 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 that's not the one I want. I want the next one. Give me, give me the next one first. There we go. Yeah. Now somebody will have to tell me is that a mink or a ferret or I don't know exactly what that is. A weasel, okay. And he's got, a, he's got a mouse in his mouth. Obviously, there was some cleaning up to be done. Um, okay. Now you go. Now to go to my foreman shot. This is the guy who is really in charge uh, of the project. And, um, and uh, they were hard at work during, during the entire construction process. But lots of people involved, doing all kinds of, of great things. Uh, we're, we're so grateful for that. And one of the things that we give thanks for, you know, skills, talents, abilities, pooled in order to make something like this actually, uh, actually happen. Um, and, and then, of course, the work isn't done, right? We've, we're still kind of sorting, especially the upstairs rooms. There's, you know, furniture that needs to be gone. Uh, we, have some, uh, so we, we have some appliances that if um, I make a real sweet deal for you, um, uh, <laughs> so if, if you're looking for something in everything okay this past Thursday, we made a list of what was there uh, that, that we would be glad to see find a new home, um, and, uh, and then there's a few things that we're still looking for to kind of make this new home work, and uh, so anyway, you can check everything okay. I'm not trying to turn this into an adver- advertisement uh, uh, deal. Um, but, but the point would be that, that there's this moving in process to a new home. And I don't know if your home is like my home, but inevitably there's more stuff than there is space. (laughs) It's like, how did we accumulate so much, so much stuff? How do I organize all of this stuff? And you move spaces. And sometimes that's a great opportunity then to, uh, say, okay, that's enough of that. We, we need to clear some of this stuff out. We need to, um, But that's kind of the nature of home, whether it's your home, my home, or whether it's our collective church family home here. And then there's that welcoming piece from the new home. We've had now a few weeks of doing that, and I think one of the things that I've found particularly delightful is to hear people's comments when they've come into the new space and been able to offer some comment on it. A uh, photo- photographer from the Western Wheel was here this past week and taking some pictures, and and he was really quite delighted by the natural light and the brightness of the space, the um, uh, indirect lighting, and things like that. That he he really enjoyed. Of course, he's a photographer. He appreciates light, um, and it kind of just piggybacked on what if you were here last Sunday. Uh, Dr. Smith commented on that sort of same feature as a particularly delightful thing uh, to him. Um, during the week of worship, we had guests coming through, as, as churches in the community helped us come and celebrate. And, and um, uh, you've probably thought many of the same things that they thought and said. You know, it's it's, it's bright, it's uh, it's airy, it's classy, it's um, uh, not overstated. Um, I think probably my favorite um, my favorite comment was the the guest who who came and, and just kind of looked around and said, "I." I feel like I'm at home. And to me, that was perhaps the most um, meaningful statement that, that I could expect someone to say. This, this feels like home. I feel welcome here. And uh, that was delightful to hear on the lips of, of a guest. Um, and of course, this Thanksgiving Sunday, um, many of us are, are in the process, have or will gather with family and there will be a unique sense of home being present in those gatherings and so I thought this morning perhaps there would be some value at the beginning of a series that's actually going to run for the next month and a half or so um we're calling it welcome home but could we add some descriptive language to that word home um And so these are the points in the bulletin, if you want to pull out the sermon notes from your your bulletin. Um, Home is where I am from, but home also needs to be where I am, while the fact remains that home is actually where I am going as well. It's where I'm from, it's where I am, and it's where I'm going. So let me... So, so Lord, I pray that you'd just help us understand some of these ideas together this morning. Not that they're complex, um, but they're they're fundamental. Uh, They are are significant. Without understanding, uh, we will miss you. And ultimately, that is what we most desperately want. Our Heavenly Father. We ask it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, home is where I'm from. Um, I was born in Owen Sound, Ontario. Um, Mom and Dad uh, loved Jesus and, and raised me in a home that um, was intending uh, to help coach us to love Jesus too. Um, we, we moved around uh, a fair bit in Southern Ontario with Dad's job uh, when I was a child. Um, and I have generally fond remembrances uh, of, of home and family uh, wherever we were. Um, now, now, there is a funny thing about Remembrances. I I don't remember a Thanksgiving Sunday where we had this much snow on the ground when I was a kid. Like the winter coming this early. Um, I, maybe it's just my memory. Because there, on the other hand, um, I do clearly remember walking five miles to school through three feet of snow uphill both ways. Um, so so you know this remembrance. That maybe memory is a faulty thing. I don't know. Um, uh, but, but but home generally had had. Uh, Positive uh, attachments to those recollections. Um, Ann, I put Anne and Christy on a plane yesterday, and they went home uh, for Thanksgiving. It's the first time Anne's been to her mom's farm for Thanksgiving in 12, 13 years. And um, so they're spending uh, this weekend with her family. And then I'm flying out with my mom tomorrow. Uh, and next Saturday, I get the privilege of conducting my nephew's wedding. And uh, so, yeah, it's a delightful honor uh, to be involved in their, in their lives in that way. Uh, but, but we talk about you know, kind of going home to the farm and and her her dad's gone, been gone for a decade or so, uh, but her mom continues to manage a uh, an active uh, couple hundred acre farm um, in southern Ontario. Um, home has these special attachments most often because there are these memories that are related to those people whom we know better than than anyone else and who have known us if they don't know us better than anyone else they've at least known us longer than anyone else Um, and so home takes on these attachments because it's where I am from and I say I've had predominantly positive remembrances from that and I know that's not everyone's story I know for some of you that those remembrances of home have in some cases great sadness attached to them. And we say, well, why should that word be so significant? Like, why should home be so meaningful? Can't I just get along without it? And there's actually a biblical reason why we long for home to to be all that we, all that the pictures say say it should be, all the romantic comedy movies say that home should be. All the books, the novels, the stories, there's a reason, there's a biblical reason that undergirds why this word is so significant. We were looking at it, actually, as we were finishing up our season of camping at Edison School. Genesis 1 and 2, We were we were put in this pristine environment, this incredible home that God created for us, and then comes along Genesis chapter 3, and... This tragic account of our eviction from that first home, that that, that pristine world that Father God had made for us, a a, a welcome home, a wonderful home, where a paradise in the the care of the Father for us, and then we were sent out. We we knew the intimacy of his love and, and his care and his presence. And then we were separated from it. Now, let me just read a short snippet of, of a much longer story from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. The, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame. Shame at their nakedness, so they, f- they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And as a result of sin, our, our primordial parents, Adam and Eve, were evicted from the garden. Well, we call this the fall, but, but it wasn't just their fall, it was our fall as well. All of humanity fell with them. Apostle Paul tells us, Romans chapter 5, he says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So so we refer to this as original sin. This sin infection has been diagnosed as a terminal condition for, for every human being. Death came into God's good, pristine world. And this alienation from the Father meant we would never truly be at home again. Or at least not without heroic intervention. And that's when God stepped in. He's been calling us back to Himself, calling us home ever since. Come to the Father through the work of the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the invitation. So home is where I'm from, but home also needs to be where I am. Ann and I will celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary uh, this coming April. Um, And over the years, we've lived in a number of different homes, a number of different places. Um, And yet everywhere that we have lived has felt like home. We felt like we were at home. Uh, our, Our second apartment uh, our first one, we were only there for a couple of months, but our second apartment uh, was was a wonderful home, one that we remember fondly. Walk-out basement, we had a, a, a wood-burning stove, you know, in his friend's home. I was studying in those days, burning the midnight oil, put a couple extra logs on the fire, and, and sit and read into the wee hours of the morning as, as I was studying. Um, it was home. And, and then God called me into pastoral ministry, and uh, we, we moved to Brampton, Ontario, and that move we had to find a new place to live. Ended up enabling us to purchase our first home. It was a two-bedroom high-rise condo, um, a tenth floor, uh, southeast corner of the building, looking out across Pearson International Airport, and, and and then oh, I loved that. You saw the planes coming in, going out. I loved it. Uh, um, and, and then in the distance, you could see you could see just a, a bit of Lake Ontario kind of down at the waterfront. If you were there at the right time of the year, uh, I think it was CFNY, it might have been Chum FM, one of the, uh, the radio stations, would simulcast um, would simulcast music with Nights of Fire, and fireworks would go off from Ontario Place down on the lakeshore, and uh, from the 10th floor, you could actually watch the fireworks going off, turn the radio on, and listen to the music, and well, the timing wasn't perfect. You had a few miles between, but, but it was super cool. You turn the sofa around and kind of make an evening of it. It was really, really lovely. It was home home. We brought our first baby home, you know, to that space. Catherine was born to us when we were there. Family was expanding, so, so we contracted to build a semi-detached house on the north end of Brampton, and that's where Daniel, we brought Daniel home uh, to that space. And, and then God called us to, to, to go to Edmonton, and we were there. That was where we got our first sort of detached house, and, and Christy was born to us in Edmonton. But, but you know, home isn't just about the, the place that you're living, Uh, Nor the babies that you brought into that space for the first time. Um, We had this rich and profound sense that that every place we were was no, no accident. God had us there for specific purposes. And when the Father calls us to serve Him, He also comes with us. And so the Father was never absent from those spaces. And when we came to Okotoks eight years ago, this is home. This feels like home because the Father is here. And if you were with us last Sunday and you happen to have heard Dr. Smith say, this is not a thing just about the clergy. This isn't just pastors get to be called to where they serve. It's not just about missionaries who, who go across the ocean and say, Do you know what? Somehow Cairo feels like home. Do you know what? Somehow uh, Penang, Indonesia feels like home, uh, Malaysia, sorry, feels like home. Uh, the Father has called us there, but, but the Father is calling you to, to serve him where you are, in what you are doing, in the circumstance that you have, and therefore the Father is with you, and anywhere the Father is, is home. It, it's where I belong. If only for this little while, and then he will call me to, to, to this next assignment, and he will continue to, to be with me in, as home. The challenge is, the problem was, that as a result of that eviction from God's presence, eviction from Father God's presence, as Pastor Tim Brazole loves to say, Dad. Dad sent us out, had to send us away. Um, we, we found ourselves wandering Longing for a place to call home. And if we were to do a quick scan of the, 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 the narrative arc of the Bible, kind of starting at the beginning and going to the end and saying, what's the big story that's going on here? We would observe, you know, Abraham. This is the book of Genesis. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Um, we refer to them as the patriarchs of the Hebrew faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were promised a home. They were promised land. They were promised a place where where they could put down roots and where God's purposes could prevail through their lives. But even when that that promise was finally fulfilled, like, like our first parents, every subsequent set of parents struggled with disobedience. Like given... Even the the, the most optimal care and love and nurture. And, And yet, disobedience, brokenness, falls. And where sin is present, by its nature, it alienates us from the Father. And so once again, we have this painful sense we are not at home. We're longing for, looking for something. The children unable to, to adequately obey. Worst yet, there's this, this original sin problem that yet is yet to be overcome. And what was going to be necessary was an obedient son who would come with a different pedigree in order to affect the solution that would allow for us to be restored in relationship to the Father. The writer of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter five, verse eight, writes the following. He says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. That's maybe a dense theological statement. But listen, though Jesus was God among us, god incarnate we talk about that at christmas don't we god with us his obedience to the father was voluntary it was still necessary for him to walk in obedience to the father but through that obedience came a demonstration of who he truly is who he truly was and because he obeyed his identity was revealed Here's a principle that we begin to understand from that. I am most myself when I walk in obedience with the Father. Uh, The perfect son demonstrated. His identity was fully revealed when he walked in obedience with the Father. It's true of you and I as well. But we are most ourselves. I am most at home in my skin when I am walking intimately with the Father, when I'm walking in agreement with His purposes, because sin separates me from Him and I'm no longer at home. I mean, sin is such an immense problem. I, I can only truly walk with the Father through the work of the Son. See, I can't fix this myself, I need the Son. Uh, who was the perfect high priest to mediate between myself and the Father, to make it possible for reconciliation to happen. And he has become the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Eternal salvation, like that is such a huge word. E- like eternally saved, rescued from wandering, welcomed home. The Apostle John, he tells us in John chapter 5, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge. So so John is recounting the words of Jesus here. The Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth, Jesus says, Those who listen to my message and believe in God, who sent me, have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Isn't that fantastic? Eternally saved, rescued from wandering, welcomed home into the embrace of the Father. That's the invitation. In fact, that's the plea that the Father issues throughout the pages of Scripture. Home is where you are from. We have this memory, this longing for what was supposed to have been. But home can be right here, right now, where you are. At home with the Father and journeying with He and with His children in His purposes and there is more. Well, home is where you are going. Home's where you're going. Um, last couple of weeks have had just added little bits of chaos in our home as Anne was getting to, ready to travel. We don't travel easily, I don't know, I think. Uh, packing and all, or wee hours the morning just before the flight and hurrying to the airport trying to get to the airport you know it, it, there's as you're anticipating getting there sometimes there's a bit of chaos involved sometimes there's some discomfort involved in the actual getting uh, getting there and, and maybe maybe you're here this morning because you've actually come home you're you've come to family at least to celebrate thanksgiving together uh, any of you any of you say that's me i'm here as a guest yeah so glad that you're with us here this morning. Um, uh, are, are are any of you not here this morning because you're away with family? Is that? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but but seriously, we, we come together. We come to one another. We gather in this way, and and there's there's often some chaos. There's often often some some turning of our lives schedules around in order to engage in that that, that travel, in order to engage in that journey. Um, because home continues to stir and call us. The idea of being together uh, with those who are uh, of my blood. Uh, and sometimes that's disconcerting, is it not? Right? You know? I mean, being together with those who are a little bit crazy like me, and in whom's, whose reflection I find more of myself than I may be comfortable with. Uh, I, I look, still look in the mirror, and the older I get, the more this happens. I look in the mirror and I see my dad. Like, holy smokes, how did that come to be? You know, it's, it's it's oh my goodness. All of these references to home, uh, not only do they allude to the garden um, where we were evicted from, but they also invite us to consider uh, the, the embrace, the invitation to be at home now, but, but they also invite us to consider an eternal home that waits for us on the other side of death. Jesus, John chapter 5, read it a minute ago, Jesus has positionally brought us from death into life. And then he will finally physically bring us from death through death into life. And the invitation will be an eternal lingering with the Father through the work of the Son. Jesus' words, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Friends, that's what this house is about. It's about inviting those who have been wandering to come and find welcome uh, together with others who have found welcome and the embrace of the Father through the work of the Son, by the power of God the Holy Spirit, stirring in us and bringing us together. It's a reflection of that home that we were evicted from and it's a, a suggestion of a, a, a hoping toward that which yet awaits us. And, and it's, it's at best a pale comparison. Um, it's an imperfect reflection of those homes. And yet because the perfect son is among us, It's enough. It's enough. And we would say, thank you. I can sit and rest a while and have a cup of coffee with the Father and speak with the Son and invite the Holy Spirit to do to do that next work in me that needs to be accomplished. I I can rest a while because I'm home. And if ever we had reason for thanksgiving, it's this. We are being welcomed home. We are being offered a place to belong. It's forgiveness from past disobedience and failure. It's a future hope and expectation of an eternal home, an eternal welcome with the Father on the other side of death. But it's a present invitation to belonging. It's an invitation to put down roots. It's an invitation to say, "Blood is thicker than water," and uh, maybe I'm annoying, <laughs> uh, but 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 I'm family. Um, and there's this this sense that we got to put up with each other. In fact, God's going to grow us through some of those. Some of those stresses, some of those strains, some of those, you're not quite like me. But there's an invitation to put down roots and to participate and to collaborate. And so maybe it's helping with the meal. You know, maybe it's cutting the lawn. Maybe it's planting the garden or harvesting the garden. And I'm using these metaphorically. but It's participating. It's getting involved. It's getting engaged. It's caring for those around us and inviting others to come and to join the family too. Because there's more space at the table. This is a table that has been prepared by Father God through the work of the perfect Son. And you're invited. You're invited to the table. And Jesus' invitation is to believe him, to believe in him. Jesus' invitation is to listen to his message. His invitation, the invitation is that we would honor the Son. And in honoring the Son, we honor the Father. So I want to invite the worship team to come. They're going to lead us in in, in worship and song and response. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Just maybe as I've been describing that sort of sense of wandering, maybe I've described you in your situation here this morning. Kicking tires of faith. Kind of wondering as you wander. Out under the sky, how Jesus the Savior did come for to die. Maybe I've described you, and you say, "Do you know what? That 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 sense, that disconnected sense of of not belonging. Uh, this speaks to me. And rather than just kicking tires of faith, uh, it, it's time it's time to actually take the invitation of the Father seriously and do something about that." Wandering friend, come home. Join the rest of us wanderers who who roam no more. Be restored to the Father through the work of the Son. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Let this Thanksgiving be the, kind of mark the, the beginning of your return to the embrace of the Father. And if you're in Christ already, own these words once again. Bow with me if you would, please. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. And I'm acknowledging that my sin has separated me from you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for that which I have known to be wrong as well as that which I committed in ignorance. Why don't you just take a moment do a personal inventory. Recount any specific violations that you need to confess to the Father just in this moment. Father, you hear our confession, our agreement with you concerning that which we know, that which we know. Father, help me to walk in your ways. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Most High God, teach me to walk in new ways. I come to you in the name of Jesus and receive the forgiveness that he freely offers. And as your child, this morning we say, thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for welcoming me home. And I thank you for securing my hope for today, tomorrow, and through eternity. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, the Apostle John tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all our sin. If you've prayed that prayer in sincerity, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are washed clean. And we are invited to Walk in new ways with our Father. If ever there was something worth celebrating with a thankful heart, it's got to be that. It's got to be that. Thank you, Lord.